0: Beloved ministry is inspired by chapter 7, verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Our aim is to help women, whatever their age or state of life, to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. In this season, we are exploring what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. So wherever you are in the world, we invite you to join us. Hello and welcome to the Beloved Podcast. My name's Ifa um, and we are continuing our theme for this season of being in the world and not of the world. Today I'm delighted to be joined by two women who work in the world of STEM, so I'm going to get straightforward and ask them to introduce themselves. So perhaps I come to you first. Lisa, can you tell us a bit about yourself, about your area of work and maybe do you have a sort of sense of calling to that area? Uh,
1: so I am a structural engineer and um, I graduated university six nearly seven years ago um, and I'm working towards my chartership which is uh, <laughs> a big endeavor in the world of structural engineering. Okay um, I,
0: those of us who aren't in that world can you explain exactly what a structural engineer does?
1: Oh, so I design uh, steel and concrete mostly to make sure buildings don't fall down. Very important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is quite an important thing, but somewhat unknown, really, in the general um, environment. Uh, but it's, it is uh, lots of maths, lots of science, lots of sort of um, people skills, which is not what you'd think, really, when you think of engineering. Um but I definitely do feel I was called to it. I've sort of wanted to do it since I was really young. I had this obsession um, with bridges. I was always like enamoured with looking at bridges and visiting different ones. And uh, <laughs> I actually remember asking my dad a question about how a certain bridge stood up. And mm-hmm. it was the first time he didn't know the answer to a question that I had. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. yeah, that's how I've ended up doing that, I think, just to sort of uh, know something more than him. <laughs> that's great
0: thank you lisa and ella same question
2: hi i'm ella and i'm a cryptographer um technically my job title i think is i'm a senior research scientist who specializes in cryptography um but what cryptography is is this really key component of cyber security it's the maths and the science behind secure communications, or a cooler way of thinking about it is that uh, it's like the stopping hacking. Mm. It's all the technology behind that. So when you go on WhatsApp and it says it's end-to-end encrypted, that's cryptography. When you log onto a website and you see that little padlock that says that's the real website, again that's cryptography. We use it so much every day in ways that we didn't, couldn't even imagine even twenty years ago. Like when you do a contactless payment all of the back and forth between like the card and your bank that's all using cryptography um it's funny because my my answer is quite different to lisa's i didn't really have this like i definitely want to be a cryptographer when i was younger (laughs) Um, i didn't know what one was i didn't know it was a thing but when i was doing maths for my undergraduate they were offering these courses in something called cryptography which was all about secret codes. And as a kid I was really into murder mysteries and stuff. And so there was something really appealing about learning how that really happens in the world. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and then just kind of as things progressed, uh, I really felt that I was called to it. Although it was times that I kind of questioned it because so many of my other female friends in particular do jobs that are really obviously pastoral, like you know, they're teachers, they're chaplains, they work for charities. Um, so I kept praying about it going is this really the, the right thing and I got that really frustrating you know when you get that silence from God but I felt like it was a well you're not doing anything wrong like I'm not telling you anything because I don't have any correction to make here so yeah yeah
0: I think I think it's interesting because you both talked about you know it's an area that you find fascinating and it, you know you, even just hearing you talk about it you can hear how passionate you are about it um But I know that you're also both women of faith. So I suppose, uh, I wonder how your faith interacts with your work or does it? How how much does does your faith impact on the way that you practice? Ella, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. Um, It's a question that I ask myself on a regular basis, if I'm honest, because it's not super obvious um but there are definitely things about my faith that I bring that value into my work things like integrity trying to be really honest about what a technology does or doesn't do um and just trying to do my best work like I think with most kinds of maths we're not really inventing new things, we're just discovering things. And it's always like discovering some way that logic works, which in my head is, yeah, that's the way that God thinks. And we're finding out new things about it all the time.
0: How about you, Lisa?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a really powerful letter, actually, what you were saying there. Um, I think for me, it's a bit less sort of um, fundamental. I think it just approaches the way that I deal with my colleagues and people that I'm dealing with, like on building sites and things like that, and just trying to approach them with the same level of like, um, love and compassion that I would anybody, and trying to, um, be a witness that way. Um, I think especially like in office environments, you end up having these like deep and distracting chats about things, and then using that as an opportunity to bear witness to our faith and to, um, you know, to teach these people that. They have got this idea of people who are Catholic in their head and actually quite counter to that. I'm um, <laughs> logical, uh, you know, got a science and engineering based head, but I still believe in God. And for a lot of people, they don't know anyone like that. So it's nice mm. to be able to use that as a witness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, I mean, my workplace is very different uh, as a teacher, but I've definitely had multiple conversations where I've talked about science or, or reason and things like that and they say and then they find out that I'm Catholic and they say but I thought you were a clever person I thought you were someone who was logical and how can that also be a person like it doesn't make sense for some people but I think what you said Ella was really interesting in terms of that understanding and discovering the way that the world is and the way that creation works discovering these things is kind of that is religion in a way that's how sci- you know they're not separate that understanding the world is understanding creation is understanding god
2: yeah saying so the vatican at least used to fund a lot of scientific research um as far as i know it still does it was very much seen as a god's put us in this world with su- and this is how we're figuring out what that world looks like
0: yeah they've got a massive observatory haven't they
2: to to yeah. start us i've heard there's someone who actually has the job of figuring out um the church's official stance on aliens mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: <laughs> <job>. <laughs> okay um so i guess we've talked about uh, a little bit about how your faith comes into your work whether that's at a, a fundamental level in terms of um you know, you're discovering the laws of nature and how the world works, or whether that's in terms of just like general being in an office with people or working with people and the way that you relate to people. I I wonder sometimes though we've sort of touched on um, that the world of science is quite often culturally seen as in opposition to faith, and I wonder what the challenges are for you in terms of coming across and being openly a person of faith in an environment where that may be perceived not very positively lisa
1: yeah i think um it's always a a difficult transition when when you start a new job anyway and trying to like feel out how your co-workers feel about certain things and just dropping a few hints here and there and seeing how they react um but i have a um an idea in my head that I'm just open and I'll answer any questions they've got like honestly and um without any kind of judgment and quite often I think they have this idea in their head that's being formed through uh, the media or or other people they know and it's nice to just give them like the almost the factual answers about what Catholicism is and what it teaches so that's kind of how I approach it
2: yeah it's pretty much the same for me um it's more that it's it's not so much that people are opposed to it. I think it's sometimes it's just a bit unexpected. Definitely, like yeah. I think when when I first joined and and people didn't know I was Christian, occasionally I'd hear like the odd joke. And as soon as they found out, they stopped. It was more that kind of thing. Um, and I haven't really been in a position to have many open conversations about it, but I don't hide it at all. Like, you know, when people say, what were you doing last weekend? I'll say, oh, I went to mass and I sang in the choir and things like that. I think it's important that people realise that there isn't necessarily this huge divide between faith and science and the two can go together. And I feel that a lot, um, as similarly to what Lisa said. Mm,
0: yeah. And do, do you find that there are times when your your work and your faith are in conflict?
2: And for me, it's not happened often. Um, but I remember after my bachelor's, I did an internship um, And someone I was in the lab with was uh, telling me the story of a few years ago, they were bidding on this project, um, and it was going to have a military application. And he felt really uncomfortable with what the project was. And he'd gone to his manager and he said, to be honest, if we win this, I'll leave. Mm. Um, So I'm kind of grateful that I haven't had those kinds of things, but just finding that out. I must have been about 20, I think, um, when this conversation happened, just really shaped the way that I thought going forward about if something like this happens, am I going to stand up and say something? And how's my faith going to guide me in that?
1: Yeah. Lisa? Uh, I think I'm, again, in the same boat, I'm pretty lucky to have not felt in a situation like that. Um, Obviously, there's conflicts in every job and, um, you know, just trying to work out how to approach things in a way that is in keeping with how I uh, practice my faith Um, and obviously there have been like difficult conversations in the office for instance when they talk about like ethics and some of my ethics are informed by my faith and and trying to to sort of toe the line there as well between saying something that's true to myself and not offending people accidentally and so that's the only like thing that I could think of for that
0: yeah and the other thing I think I'm interested in terms of so the majority of our listeners on this podcast uh, are women, and in terms of our retreats, we, we are a women's ministry. And um, I wonder, for a lot of women uh, working in the sort of areas that you are working in, is is a long way from their experience. So I wonder, as a woman, you know, as a a woman, a beloved daughter of God, do you find Are there challenges of being
1: a woman in that STEM space? Uh, Yes, (laughs) I definitely uh, find that. Um, I find I have to work a little bit harder than my male colleagues to be uh, believed, especially by people on building sites. They Mm -hmm. have (laughs) some issues listening to me. (laughs) Um, So it's just a case of being um, sort of persistent and secure in what I say and dealing with the imposter syndrome that comes along with that, which I'm sure people across the world are familiar with, no matter what sector they work in. And I take a lot of faith um, and comfort from praying about that when I don't feel like I'm equipped to handle something and just saying a quick prayer and taking a quick minute.
2: Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think similarly, there there are the challenges. Like, I Sometimes I know I'm the expert in the room and sometimes I'm saying something that someone doesn't want to hear. And whenever they just sort of disagree with me, there's always that voice in the back of my head that goes, if I were a man, would you be disagreeing with me in this way? But most of the time I've been um, I've been incredibly fortunate. I have a great team with several women on it. Um, it's quite a small team as well. So actually our gender ratio is pretty good. Mm. But, I mean, one thing I could talk about till cows come home is just the importance of having more women in areas like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because not just because of your, I don't know, just the tagline diversity is important. But the nature of the problems we find ourselves working on are really informed um, by our own experience. And so it's really important to have different voices in on that. Um yeah, I think that so many of the traits of um, what I do in research, women have in, in all kinds of jobs. Like, you know, there's a creative element to it. There's a teamwork element to it. There's a stubbornness <laughs> element to it. I know people that do that in, in no matter what they do. And yet so few women seem to get pointed in these kinds of directions. So it always makes me wonder who has a great potential for this mm-hmm. but hasn't quite made it into the space. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sort of. I'm interested in how you you both said you you've been interested in maths, but I I think again, even at school age, probably I'm thinking to take an A level in maths. There's probably a lot more boys that choose that than girls. And and did you feel called? Did you feel encouraged uh, in terms of that, or do do you feel like you had to fight for that recognition, or?
2: I mean, I went to an all-girls school, so (laughs) (laughs) it changes the way you look at it, though, right? Because you don't really get boys in the class acting like they obviously know more than you. Uh, That being said, in my further maths class, there were three of us. Um, The school I went to specialises in humanities, and it's very, very good at those subjects. But it was rubbish for maths. Like It was one of the things my parents were worried about, staying there for sixth form. And I find myself wondering now if that's a legacy thing from it being an all female education that they because they were so good at it and they've built on that. They've really gone to the humanities. Um, and I don't know really how well they're doing for sciences these days.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I was really lucky um, because my dad was a physics teacher. So he always encouraged me and my sisters to um you know, go after whatever it was we were interested in. So my older sister's got a degree in maths and obviously I'm an engineer. My other two sisters have gone into like more nursing and and, like humanities-based jobs. Um, So I think I was just really lucky to have that at home and through school as well. Like being at an all-girls school as well, you don't have that issue with (laughs) with boys in the class. My sixth form was a um, mixed gender and we had that issue a bit more. I think because we'd gone through year seven to 11, all girls, there were a lot, quite a few of us who went on to do maths and physics and further maths.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, I suppose, uh, are there any uh, tips that you would say if there were for, if people have um, I'm thinking our listenership might have daughters who are going through school and considering career options or might be considering career options themselves uh, or granddaughters or things is there anything that you would say in terms of uh, encouraging them into stem into these sort of choices
2: i guess if you find it interesting go for it you know don't um it can become a real self perpetuating thing when people go oh but people like me don't become mathematicians and therefore mathematicians always stay the same group of people that they were like i know some uh, universities like the university of cambridge they've been trying to really increase um the number of people from different ethnicities um particularly having more black people and yet like i remember around a level results day reading this article um by a a girl who was black and she'd just gotten her place but she was going oh but this is this the i don't envy her trying to figure that out but it always kind of whenever you're thinking about diversity and inclusion and inclusion to go oh but it's it's going to keep it's going to keep happening if people don't step in and it's going to be a bit outside your comfort zone maybe but maybe like me it's fine everyone's been really friendly there's the occasional blip but it's not necessarily as bad as the media make it seem sometimes
1: yeah yeah for sure I would definitely agree with that and I would say my advice to anyone who's sort of interested in any kind of science or maths technology is to just keep asking the question so ask your teachers ask your parents ask you know your uncle your aunt who you know who might have an answer and I think that just keeping that curiosity alive is what what encouraged me into engineering so yeah that'd be my advice
0: okay and uh the other thing that I think I'd like to ask you is about sort of, we've talked about how your faith impacts on the way that you work um, and perhaps your sense of calling to this area. I wonder, does your work impact on your understanding or your experience of faith and your understanding your experience of God?
1: It's a good question. I've not really thought about it um, before, but I think it must do. I think everyone's daily life and experiences affect their their faith. And I think for me, um, it's it's allowed me to sort of step away from it a little bit and question it and then really feel solidified in my faith. Like, when I was at university, I had a really good chaplaincy community um, and I had a lot of support and a lot of opportunity to worship. When I graduated, I kind of had a bit less of that. Um, and I think, you know, the w- the way that my job is and the way that it works has just allowed me to Sort of take a step back, question where I'm at, and then be solidified in it.
2: Yeah, How about you, Ella? Yeah, um I mean, I think for me, sometimes I find myself wondering about how much technology has changed, the way that human society works. And it makes me wonder even more about what human beings are and the fact that we all have like inherent dignity. So even though I don't work in AI, it comes up a lot kind of conversations around the office. And I think it's just, it's going to really highlight what it means to be human and actually why is it that we're better than machines and just things that were always true, but maybe we didn't have to think about before. Mm. So yeah, I guess just seeing the way technology changes, the way that we interact with the world and yet the way that God created us and the fact that we're all loved and we made in his image, that's always staying the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really love- That's really beautiful, um, and I suppose for both of you, when you're when you're working on a project and you see, you see the way that it all works together. I'm, I'm thinking back, Lisa, to you saying about like seeing a bridge and being amazed by it and how it works, and um, and I guess it's it's less physical for you, Ella, because it's not a bridge that you can <laughs> point out, but it's still you know that that creativity that is a god given thing isn't it and and there is a I, I think for me that there's a there's a marvel that you know we created something as humans and and that is it's something that we've been given that ability to co-create what a privilege to be able to to join god in that creation yeah,
1: yeah that's really beautiful actually if it, yeah
2: yeah that was really beautiful it's one of my um annoyances sometimes if i'm at an event and people will say oh now we're going to pray for the creative people so all of the artists and the dancers and they never mention the scientists But (laughs) it's creative it's you know we're building new technologies all the time we're figuring out how to connect things how to build bridges literally um yeah i think it's something people need to just think a little bit more you know There's more than one way of applying your creativity and what could you be doing?
1: Yeah, that's so true. I like to say that engineering is like creative problem solving. So like having the issue and trying to work out the best and most efficient way to get from A to B.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Ella, I wonder if you would lead us now to end our podcast in prayer.
2: Sure. Our Lord, I thank you for this time together. Thank you for the conversations uh, for these two amazing women I've had the privilege of speaking with. We pray for an increase of understanding in our vocations, both how we carry them out and also how um, maybe our community of sisters around us understand what we do. And pray especially for any young women out there or older women looking for a change to lead some of the points that we have um into their prayer time make it into some of their discernment process and they're able to recognize whatever talents they may have that could lead them to making some really fruitful new creative new technologies thank you lord amen oh, amen
0: A massive thank you to Ella and Lisa for sharing their experiences of living out their faith in the world of science, technology, engineering and maths. And thank you to you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We're praying it's really been a blessing for you. Have a think about is there someone that you could share the podcast with, a friend, a family member. Also, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast uh, on whatever app you're using. Uh, maybe gave us a rating or a review. Uh, that really helps other people to find the podcast there's loads of information in the notes of the episode including journaling questions that you can use to reflect on the episode and you can find these by scrolling down on the episode in whatever app you're using to listen to us today also in the notes are details about upcoming retreats including the desired retreat which is on the 9th to the 11th of june for those who've already been to a beloved retreat and want to go a step deeper into their belovedness bookings are now open. We'd love to welcome you to that. If you've not been on a Beloved Retreat before or just in case you'd like to invite a friend or family member to take part, the next Beloved Retreat is the 20th to the 22nd of October. If you want to get in touch or join our mailing list, then you can do that by emailing beloved at zioncommunity.org.uk and we'll make sure you're always in the loop. Until next time then, please do hold us in prayer as we're holding you in our prayers.